0: Shafee. Come in, Shafee. Are you out there?
1: I found, I found the simple life. It's so simple. When I jumped out on that road.
2: Night has fallen once again, blanketing the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, turning Austin, Texas itself into a land of shadows. Earlier today, a co- cosmological confluence lined up Venus and Saturn and Jupiter in a straight line. This is a time when the friends of the Shoeless Viper dance naked among the fecon, oh, pecan trees <laughs> and, <laughs> And it's time for episode 119 of One Magical Hour. Who is excited? I'm excited. That's who. And uh, we have some uh, fun stuff here for you today. We have another episode of the uh, now instantly beloved Matthew Have You Ever Wondered, along with the uh, theme song that goes with it. We've got a poetry corner. We've got some other weird things to talk about, I'm sure. Some of us have looked at the show sheet tonight. Some of us have not. I'll tell you who's who's looked at the show sheet. My favorite friend of the Shoeless Piper, that Montserrat Mystiker, and Martinique Magnifique. His name's Matthew Rampey. Here he is. If he keeps on casting, the
0: shape has gone to break. If it keeps on casting, the is gonna break. When the Shafee breaks, you got no place to drink. Or alternately, Hey, hey, shape, you said the way you move Gonna make you cast, gonna make you groove. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, Matthew, how you do that thing? Gonna karaoke, gonna make you sing. <laughs> I was getting the lead out.
2: Oh. Those those were both really good.
0: Do you lo- do you love Led Zeppelin? I do,
2: yeah. Hey, Shafee,
0: do you love Led Zeppelin? How not? Um,
2: man, I love Led Zeppelin. Like, first thing. I feel like even my mom loves Led Zeppelin. You know, I, I mean, I know I know, I I know that
0: Zeppelin. they're widely loved. There, there is that little issue uh, with them um, stealing. Uh, wait, th- uh, that's st- them, right? Oh, no, no, wait. Uh, well, I mean, the stealing, stealing... rock
2: and roll from steal, steal, the black man?
0: Stealing black American music. Well, I mean, but the Rolling Stones did that. Yeah, and the Wilson did that. Did that. Anybody, For a second, any white man playing I, rock and roll... You know what? For one second second, I had that mixed up in my mind. like <laughs> they, uh, they were Coldplay. <laughs> and they, and that was the Steve Vai Coldplay theft.
2: Coldplay... No. Wait, Coldplay no. stole
0: something from Steve Vai. I don't know this yeah, story. Yeah, no. oh, Coldplay stole, just ripped off Steve Vai. <laughs> One of their big songs. I can't even remember. But yeah, it's totally a, a derivative, and there was court cases, and I think Coldplay lost finally. I, you know, but now I was thinking about how Led Zeppelin. I, I think there are some um, similar levies against Led Zeppelin. In, well, the, in that there are
2: some like when the bl- levee breaks is a traditional there, there, black American song, and there song, are there right? are
0: some blues songs that they just like totally ripped off. I'm reminding you,
2: marinate chicken. Oh
0: no, oh, marinate <laughs> chicken. Let me turn that off for a second. <laughs> Don't forget to marinate the chicken. Let me send a let me send a text to the to the chef
2: <laughs> to marinate the chicken. I mean, you know, anybody who plays rock and roll it was what that in the Great Dead to Little Richard like James Brown and Chuck Berry both got their start doing a little Richard show. So, you know, and then there, you know, there's screaming Jay Hawkins. There's Robert Johnson. This guy's playing the 12 bar blues. Um, well, know, it's a, it, it, Willie it, it, Nelson sings gospel songs. You know, there's.
0: Okay. All right. Great artist Steel.
2: Yeah. Is that how this
0: sounds like a knockoff
2: TBTL? But also, you know, there's the first guy who ever drew a cave painting, right? Like, is everybody who, you know, did Michelangelo steal from that guy? I don't know. I'm not saying. Okay. I am saying that white rockers do owe a debt of gratitude. But to the African-American
0: experience and slightly changing it. Yeah. You know,
2: I, I was reading something. I feel like it was. Malcolm Gladwell, probably talking about how, you know,
0: oh, you know what it was. No, it was a band called Spirit. And they said that Zeppelin
2: stole uh, a stairway to heaven. I think I have heard this story. Yeah, but they again, you know you that's what artists do. They take they take something and then they change it a little bit to make something new. And that's what people want. People want things that are a little different but not too different. Yeah, Spirits
0: Taurus. Um Have you ever listened to it? Yeah, I have. I have. It's a it, it's a ripoff.
2: I'm going to play it right now. You're
0: gonna play you're gonna play Spirits Taurus?
2: T A U
0: good good. this is some unplanned content
2: (laughs) but but valid so far I really like this song
0: there's gonna be a melody come up and you're gonna be like oh right <laughs> All
1: right.
2: <laughs> okay, so litigated, litigated in the court of uh, one magical hour. I see.
0: So besides the thievery, maybe, uh, maybe
2: slide spirit so, a couple of bucks for I, I, that. Uh,
0: so in a time before I knew anything <laughs> about the thievery, I thought Zeppelin was God, and I, you know I love the. Um, the stories about them you know this kind of mythic mm-hmm. aspect of jimmy page and power plant and and then there's there are the lyrics that reference tolkien mm-hmm. you know sure which enough. i love like ramble on is one of my favorite songs to this day and um I just don't want anybody to ever forget Zeppelin. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think anybody's trying to. I think it's happening but but, but, but there are kids that where you have to be like, "Have you ever heard of Led Zeppelin?" you know. And don't yeah, worry like about Teach one, teach
2: one. I mean, even if it turns into just something that only, you know, that only cool weird kids know about, that's okay with me, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, a poster on everybody's wall. Right, or, or
0: a or a tapestry in a dorm room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Houses of the Holy. Like I love the actual album art. Of,
0: yeah, of Houses of the Holy. Right. Love the, yeah
2: the the yeah. cover is so freaking weird and mysterious and awesome. And then the whole the album is the same way. The album is very strange and mysterious and. Uh past you know, it has all kinds of different styles of music on it. I really love that. Yeah. And that's the one with the immigrant song, right? I'm
0: pretty um, sure. Um no. Oh no, immigrant song is from
2: Led Zeppelin 3. I stand corrected. I sit corrected. Uh um, podcast corrected.
0: I I I don't I I think I'm, I thinking I'm of? really pulling that from my Oh you're right, um, I feel like I hadn't parodied Zeppelin here. oh no, I no, I did parody immigrant song actually <laughs> no quarter, and then I spent two Zeppelin parodies in the same over the hills and far away. yeah, great record, you know you can have these discussions about. How do you feel about the Beatles
2: versus Stones discussion?
0: What are you laughing at? Tell us that
2: first. I just realized I've been going on and on about an album cover that's just covered in Naked Children. Yeah, I mean it's not. It's not for today. Oh, that album came out. All in my 19, favorite albums have naked children on them. My friend, never mind. The world was
0: a very different place. <laughs> As we've talked about here, the world was a very different place in 1992.
2: this is the never mind. Yeah, uh, all the uh, all the greats. Um,
0: <laughs> are you, do you, Do you ever entertain this um, Beatles? Or stones. Idea. I think that that's you think that's the stupidest absurd? argument on the planet. Like yeah, okay. that's
2: for f- Facebook fuckheads who like to argue with people about st- the world's stupidest shit. That's my uncle, sir. Beatles. <laughs> yeah, that's everybody's uncle. <laughs> Beatles, Stones, both great bands. Yeah, love them both.
0: They've got that um, documentary coming out about Let It Be that Peter Jackson has done. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. I'm about excited that. too. Yeah, that was on. Um, that was featured in 60 Minutes this week. Do, do you ever feel like a, a real adult, like because you watch 60 Minutes? <laughs> I've always kind of enjoyed 60 Minutes. Like when I was 14, and I would watch 60 Minutes. I'd yep. be like, I'm an adult. I am. Con- I am considering current events very carefully, and at the end of it, time keeps ticking. Yeah. But they they, or, they were talk- or uh, that Rooney dude yells
2: about like egg whisks. But, course, <laughs> he's
0: he's passed, my friend. Oh, <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, but
0: good. That was a great segment. <laughs> God, I forgot about that. I forgot that was part of 60 Minutes. What
2: are these things? <laughs> I've been going through my I mean, kitchen. Talk about. Somebody. And I've got two egg whisks,
0: Talk about and I never use an talk egg whisk. Somebody who didn't care about the
2: kids. <laughs> <No shit>. Um. <laughs> Something it's better that they move on.
0: They were talking to Peter Jackson. Kids should remember months. Led
2: Zeppelin. Let's forget about that stupid segment at the end of. 60 I, I only minutes.
0: mentioned the Beatles, Stones thing because <laughs> I feel like Zeppelin
2: is like outside of that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know?
0: I don't think there's any band where you're like, is it this or Zeppelin? You know, I, 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 I should, there's just like there's so few bands. Those other two bands are probably on the same level
2: in yeah. in history, but. I would say Black Sabbath had, you know, they dealt with gothic, gothic uh, subject matters. And they had a, you know, strange front man who sang weird falsettos, had yeah. uh, great guitar parts. Um, yeah. And, and the yeah, that mysterious goth subject matter. But uh, once again, there's plenty of room for both of them.
0: Yeah. And I, I think Black Sabbath's a little different to like... I would say that in they're, their hardness. Yeah, they're they're heavier. You know, Zepp- Zeppelin is heavier not metal. Always heavy and and in, in fact that their best stuff is it leans more towards
2: Prague? ballad. Yeah. Yeah. Um Uh yeah, I love it all. I then this is something that's different about me. I used to like I used to make a big deal mm-hmm. about whether you liked Batman or Spider Man more, or whether you liked uh the Beatles or the Stones more or you know, it's the way and I think it's it's something that in the in the young brain you have, you, you want to compartmentalize things and you want to identify things and you want to, but then I like, I really, A, that causes a lot of problems. You know, if you're pushing something away for no real reason, you know, you can miss out on something. Um, but also, yeah, I, I, I don't view the world that way anymore. I don't feel the need to divide things up. I want to include things. I want to put everything together. I want to experience it all. And, uh, and I want to enjoy it all. And if you don't, it's it requires a lot more effort to hate things than to just like them and enjoy them. You know, uh, you know, you create a lot of unnecessary stress. You know,
0: can you feel? What about feeling indifferent about things? How much energy That's does that take? That,
2: okay. that doesn't take much effort. Really, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe you truly, maybe something truly is not for you. You've given it a chance. That's fine. NASCAR. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I mean, listen. I'm sorry, cousins. But I would argue that, like, uh, okay, if you had like just the right, like, It's not for me, October Talladega night, and you know, really like we're down there and watch that ha- thing happen in person, you might, uh, you might understand it differently. You know, There's, it's I, all about I'll, it's, I'll it's all about context. I feel and like experience. I do understand it. You know, I feel like Autosport is.
0: Um, like recklessly anti-climate, you know, like like of all the re- of all the reasons we're destroying the planet, autosport sort of takes it to another level. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I can see that. And, and that's one thing I have about it.
2: That's an interesting argument. I, I never even thought of that. Um,
0: but so, but but, but again. I don't hate it. Electric. I don't hate it. And I can appreciate, listen, whatever you're into, yeah, as long as it doesn't destroy the planet, right. <laughs> it's fine with me. Um, but I feel very indifferent about auto sport. I can, yeah. I can see it. And, and I love sport and I love competition and I, definitely, and I can see auto sport and not have any feeling about it. I have people in my family who are like really serious
2: into racing and i just and i would definitely never wag my finger at anybody for liking something that destroys the planet because buying carrots at the grocery store and not growing them in your backyard is right. you know irresponsible sure. environmentally sure there's hey it's, it's our, our truck truck <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about it's podcast probably, listener probably the exact same time as it came by last time there huh?
0: are these maintenance trucks that they're...
2: Tuesday at 840. It's
0: like they have a a rig that can go down on the tracks. Yeah. And then, do the wheels pull them along the tracks?
2: Yeah.
0: Or are the the train
2: wheels that come down, do they drive? I bet. I would imagine that the... (laughs) I imagine that the... They have some kind of metal wheels that are inside the street tires so they can pull up onto the track and then drive on the track and then pull off and drive around normally cuz i think the that railroad tracks are just a little bit narrower than the distance between two tires in a car i don't know, I, th- I don't I know think, this for certain i think but- that the,
0: <laughs> this episode is characterized by speculation <laughs> speculating about shit we don't know about at least we're not lecturing each other on environmental irresponsibility right i was just (laughs) saying that i'm laissez-faire about that particular um egregious
2: example of environmental irresponsibility do you remember a movie i was thinking about this last week when our friend drove by at about the same time there was some movie i think it had clint eastwood in it and they were trying to get away from, they were like maybe some you know lovable criminals or something, trying to get away from the cops, I think is what was happening. And they let the air out of the tires on their truck so they could drive the truck on the train tracks. Do you remember this? No. It, it happened in the movies. I don't that know sounds which movie. Cheap. Yes, um,
0: except that the gauge is not right. Like you're saying, the train tracks are narrower. Right. Yeah,
2: so I think, you know, they actually- obviously they were having a little fun in the movie. Or maybe it was a particularly narrow-bodied truck that they don't make anymore. So oh, that's
0: possible. I don't know. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, get at us if you know which movie that is. <laughs> get at us. Is anybody getting at us? Ellen uh, Ferguson got at us. Uh, Jason Edler got at us. Jason oh. Edler was just uh, checking on us because <laughs> he was worried that you know three weeks had gone by. And, right. Wanted to make sure nobody was.
0: Well, if it. your podcast suddenly.
2: Goes off the rails, yeah. so to speak. That can be very Your concerning. podcast suddenly lets all the air out of his tires and drives away on the rails. Uh, I wanted to go back real quick.
0: You have some corrections?
2: No, I just, I didn't finish. <laughs> I'm sure people are going to groan when they hear this. I didn't finish the conversation about kicking the football through the uprights. So the whole thing, right? Right. Yes, I listened back to that. It goes back to, you know, so I, you know, we established.
0: In episode episode 117, we were talking about.
2: Kickoffs in football going through the uprights and the opposite. So basically the kickoff is a field goal from 75 yards. And so my point with all this is I've always kind of wondered why people don't just take more Hail Marys from the 75 yard line. It's possible to get it through the end of the game why does it matter anyway why not do it and the and i found out why Be- so even the though, other team
0: gets the ball there right
2: no even though when you're kicking yeah. off you can do it 20 percent of the time it's not the same if there's an offensive line in front of you because you have to oh, kick it up to get over them you can kick it flatter and straighter when it's just a kickoff and okay. that'll go through but if there's a bunch of Large men standing in front of you, you have yeah. to kick it more vertically, and it won't. Large men jumping, yeah, and running to try to stop the ball, yeah. and much, much more difficult than I see. It'll go through way, it almost never happen. Yeah, but also, Not, none if of that you 20%. try
0: a yeah field goal and you don't get it, th- that you give the ball up on downs right there.
2: But I've seen like, I I feel like I've seen it, you know, where they've kind of you know they the clock's running out and it's, you know, fourth down or whatever, and they haven't kicked the field goal. They've gone for some kind of pass. I'm like, well, they only needed two. Why didn't they try for that field goal? And that's the reason why, you know, because like if, if it is, if it was a 20% shot, the 20% is a lot better than a hail Mary in the end zone. Right. Yeah. That, that only, you know, happens one in a million times. Um, So, you know, you'd think if you only needed three points, you would just go for that field goal maybe get it one but but then but yeah with the offensive line instead of a kickoff then that that 20% number goes way way down so to almost never happening okay thank you I'm sorry if you if that conversation was boring you. I realized that I didn't finish it and I wanted to finish it it was boring everybody (laughs) I mean not me but
0: (laughs) what else do we got here Oh, our Alexa seems seems to be (laughs) be tied to the speaker that I'm using for the robot. (laughs) So it could be problematic. I'll turn that off. (laughs) Here's something that I was concerned about that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. I'm looking at this landscape of cryptocurrency. Uh Uh-huh and nfts yeah and i feel like there's some red flags here some big red flags and it reminds me of ponzi schemes and also a little bit of like multi-level marketing like pyramid first so so i want to talk to you a little bit about ponzi and pyramid yeah and i i feel like what we have today is a generation of millions of people who aren't familiar with these concepts. You know, like I think that there are, I'm not saying that cryptocurrency itself is a scam. Yeah. But I'm seeing a lot of tools and practices out there that I think are going to end up, you know, I think we're going to look back on this time and be like, oh, yeah the cryptocurrency bubble scam time and then nfts are have another a a different level like cryptocurrency has like at least um a logic behind it you know like i understand well not no i don't understand but i i hear that it's based on this blockchain uh software configuration Mm. and um i understand the desire to r- separate finance from uh governments yeah you know um but that also places it in an area of like unregulated sh- where where the this is where scammers and snake oil salesmen like make their whole living. Is there are in these areas where it's it is the wild west. It's going on right now. It you know it's been simmering for about ten years. Cryptocurrency and right now it seems like a frothing cauldron of chicanery and scamitude to me.
2: You know, to me, I I agree with your assessment. Uh, you know. A lot of people would tell you the same thing about the various countries in the world and their various federal currencies and their currencies. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: that they're also it, funny money and that they're yeah, and
2: they're also able to do whatever they want with them, manipulate them, yeah. and they and they, they want. They only have value if everybody agrees that they have value. Yeah. You know, this is all the same. It's all <laughs> it's, it's all, all a construct.
0: Scam. It's all a Ponzi
2: scam. Oh, you know, and it depends on us. You know, being a community being a civilization and agreeing to live together normally for it all the work. Um, but you know, get down to it. That's kind of this whole life, That's whole society. Situation. We all got just know, human society. We all got to trust each other a little bit, but no, none of us should trust each other. a lot. <laughs> uh, NFTs. I think as I understand them are more of a Ponzi like thing, because there's something about passing them down the line. That I don't really understand, you know. At least with Bitcoin, they have said that there's only going to be a certain number of bitcoins produced. Uh, what that number is, I don't know. I don't, they don't seem to have achieved it yet, um, and I still don't understand how they're mined. You know, with the big like servers that. Why does it take so much of, energy to I mine? Mean, just because you need a lot of computing power, and so- mostly it's. Keeping that
0: to build the blockchain.
2: No, to, to do the complicated, to crunch the complicated equations that, that, yeah, that make them to confirm the blockchain. Okay. So. I uh, mean, I, I am, I will
0: admit relative ignorance and I'm not talking about my cousins. And I think that's just <laughs>
2: mining it. <laughs> that's, that was funny. Relative ignorance. <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, mining it requires more, you know, I think once it's all mined, then just maintaining the blockchain won't require that much energy, but it's just now that people are using, people are crunching the numbers on the blockchain in order to get more Bitcoin. That's where, you know, the, you have these these farms that are using all this money, mostly for cooling uh, these massive ah, processors. Okay. Are these mat- they're the this high number of processors.
0: Well, l- let me tell you how this came across my. Keep in mind, I am not an expert. Okay. Folks. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Caveat emptor. But Bitcoin is a real thing. Ethereum is a real thing. Uh, the uh, astronomical value of those things that is up to the market, and that could come and go at any time. Right. So that's, and that's where scammers can make their money. Definitely everybody be careful. That's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where, uh, you well, know, Elon could buy a bunch and then put out a weird tweet and then it goes up and then he could sell it again. Like that's, well, let me, let me say crazy.
0: this. This is, this is where this Sorry, really, um, I came, I've come across someone in my life, not someone in my life, in Springdale General, who is our neighbor. And this person is a champion of the DeFi movement, and DeFi is, uh, is a reference to de-finance, which is like, I guess it's trading in cryptocurrency. And this person was, um, this person has a a self-help company. And um, they seem to be um, championing a lot of these new technologies. And I saw a video on the Twitter feed of this individual that was talking about self-paying loans. And it was a breakdown of how this, this Internet tool, I think the tool is called Alchemix, and how you can use Alchemix to invest in cryptocurrency. Basically, here's the sales pitch. What if you could get a loan, you go in and you you borrow $100,000, and you leave $50,000 with the bank, and the the return on that $50,000 pays off the loan. Self-paying loans so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I have a real I have this axiom is, is that if it sounds too good to be true it is yeah Wait, did that I didn't even say it right
2: <laughs> if it sounds too good to be true it probably is yeah. too good to be
0: true yeah. yeah um so um I don't know I'm concerned about the future
2: I would recommend talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about before anybody tries any to set up any self-paying loans for
0: themselves. Self-paying loans. So I don't know. There was just one aspect of that whole landscape. I am speaking from a position of (laughs) ah, elevated ignorance about this whole thing. Yeah. But it all screams to me Ponzi or Pyramid. Let's just go over real quick the difference. The essential difference between the two frauds is that a Ponzi scheme generally only requires investment in something from its victims, with promised returns at a later pay date. Pyramid, unlike Ponzi schemes, usually offer the victim the opportunity to make money by recruiting more people in the scam. And there's some of those going on, too, that are like, new, for the new age kind of vibe. Um, It's funny how these things just like, I guess like uh, blues music... (laughs) being stolen by the brits it just it just comes around and goes around i think
2: that that's interesting because like a ponzi scheme is that is a pure con a pyramid scheme if i mean if you can't actually find you know 20 people down the line to hustle and sell (laughs) you know the tupperware for you or whatever it is yeah, yeah. Then you will actually make money. It's just it's very difficult to do.
0: There, there are definitely people that if Ponzi schemes, nobody's
2: money. making money except Mister Ponzi himself.
0: Right. You know, actually, actually, in reading money. about Ponzi schemes, it's there is a little bit of a gray area because sometimes they can, they can start out well intentioned, and then things aren't going well. Right. And so it becomes a, a rob Peter to pay Paul situation. Yeah. And and then in the end, some of them at work out, but, um, no, sure. Pyramid schemes, um, definitely there are people making money in them, but there are many more people that, uh, a pyramid scheme seems like you get scammed quickly and you realize you, you, realize this is bunk and you walk away. Um, you know, whereas Ponzi offers, you know, uh, 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 hold on. The, I, I also had some information here. Here's some, here's some red flags, high investment returns with little or no risk. Yeah. Or o- overly consistent returns. Another one is unregistered investments, which feels very blockchainy ish. <laughs> Did you lose your wallet code or whatever? <laughs> um, unlicensed sellers. Yeah. Yeah secretive or complex strategies <laughs> like that sounds like bitcoin itself right yeah maybe it's not secretive maybe maybe it's it's all out there and there's some people that I understand but not, not anybody here on this podcast um, I was just trying
2: to do an on the so fly
0: I just made a joke about losing your wallet yeah chain code or whatever it is issues with paperwork <laughs> and if you have any difficulty receiving payments, that's a big red flag. Uh,
2: so I've really brought the podcast down. I'm sorry. I wanted to do a quick Yule workshop on uh, the word scheme. Because, you know, like I think of, you know, schematic. That's That's a detailed, careful plan.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? Uh-huh. And a scheme. What's the,
0: what's the difference between a scheme and a schematic? Yeah. And I bet this podcast is the former.
2: Uh <laughs> and you know, and the that's here it gives two definitions. Noun form, British, a large scale systematic plan or arrangement for attaining a particular object or putting a particular idea into effect. So that's you know, that is that could be positive or negative, depending on what your plan was you were putting into effect, you know. Uh and then informally in scotland it's a public housing complex the whole scheme plunged into darkness
0: oh oh, that's it's a public housing complex yeah scheme
2: <laughs> interesting yeah, that's interesting uh and then there's the verb which that's the, when the negative starts to sneak into it make plans to scheme is to make plans especially in a devious way or with the intent to do something wrong
1: mm-hmm.
2: So when the Merriam-Webster gives it number one, a plan or program of action, especially a craftier secret one. So, but you know, then there's the color scheme. That's just a, a layout of a particular color. That seems closer to the Scottish definition of the layout of housing. To me,
0: there's no, in a way, scheme is not really like pejorative or or positive. Right. You know, it's, it's neutral it's just how it's used.
2: Yeah. So there you go, folks. Make sure that it's your scheme is a positive one and not a negative one before you execute it. I'm keeping a close eye. We're watching on,
0: you. on NFTs and <laughs> and cryptocurrency. I honestly I, I know have, I sound like everybody's like, "Okay, boomer."
2: I kind of had forgotten about NFTs. You know, I thought that they had already kind of passed into into obscurity. But then I met this gal at a wedding. Uh, you know, Russell and Aspen got married at, or yeah. they had their wedding reception at the bar. I met this gal. Yeah. She was a good friend of Aspen's who had moved up to Chicago. Really neat lady, uh, and she, uh, she is working for an NFT company, basically helping them do marketing for, for the NFTs they're creating. <laughs> so, it's still going on. There was a time in my life when.
0: I was kind of all in on the digital world, you know. I, I like I saw my future playing out in a digital space, and I feel myself turning away from that. I—that's I, <laughs> in, interesting. In my middle age, I have a—I have a renewed belief in the physical world.
2: I understand that completely, Matthew. And I think that's great that you feel that way and that you found out, you know, I understand, you know, because you're an artist, right? Um, and, you know, you've done some work on the computer and you've done, you've done a lot of painting and you've done, you know. Did you
0: say artist, right? Artist. Oh, okay. I thought artist. you said magistrate.
2: <laughs> you're, an <artist. laughs> you're an artist. And so, uh, and then, you know, doing the carpeting stuff, I just understand completely you know, you found this job where you, it's very hands-on, you're not sitting at a desk, you're not doing a bunch of digital stuff that doesn't even exist in real life.
0: Yeah, I, I, I
2: understand completely. And, you know, I was thinking the same thing, uh, you know, as we kind of get into a little bit of a routine with the front page, obviously it's very stressful to run your own small business, but uh, but once it gets it going, like it's so rewarding, like, you know, mm-hmm. I love, obviously. Obviously, uh, COVID lockdown was really hard on everybody, um, but you know, particularly people who didn't know, and not me. It was a joy for me. I <laughs> didn't know where their businesses were going to end up, uh, but now things are slowly starting to get back, and you know, and it's it is so wonderful to just to have a job where you're going and you're doing something real and people are depending on you and people are getting married at our spot and you know, yeah. And people are, people come to us every day cause they need to get away from yeah, the bars in the physical world. Yeah.
0: It's the third place. Yeah. For so many people. Well, like, uh, Russ and Aspen, yeah, I and mean, like they love the bar, so they had their wedding reception there.
2: And you know, unless we were to, you know, become, you know, we we didn't get into this because we wanted to be entrepreneurs, right? We got into this because we we're bartenders and we love to do that. Unless we became entrepreneurs and started, you know, trying to manage franchisements and like a hundred restaurants, in which case it becomes another corporate job. We're never going to make a ton of money doing this, but that's okay. Like I could do this for the rest of my life, making, you know,
0: like what if you're
2: a, a few it, hundred bucks a week? But I mean,
0: isn't it isn't it? in a way better to be, it is for me because I, I desire security, but I learned this through my therapy that I, I put a high value on, uh, on having a secure thing. Like for me, it's better to have something that's going to provide a solidly middle income thing, but it's not going to go away. Yeah. And I, but I'm not a risk taker. Well definitely you know, I mean, obviously, I'm not I'm not looking for something that's gonna scale and
2: um, opening you know. a bar or restaurant is automatically a risk. However, if you are willing to work at that place every day and it becomes a lot less of a risk, you know. They say the the statistics are crazy, right? After a year, ninety percent of new bars and restaurants have failed. So the, in the first year, in the first year, one in ten make it. <laughs> is that right? And then, after two years, one in ten survive that second year. And then after that, you've got it. You've made a name for yourself. You've probably figured a few things out, and then you might be okay. But, that but the, at the beginning that that's what it is, and especially if you know if you're just. Some guy who's like, oh man, I got a little extra money. I've always wanted to open a restaurant, but I'm still going to work my full-time corporate job. And then I'm going to put, you know, all this money into that and hire somebody else to run it. I think those are the, I think those skew the numbers. Those are the ones that fail. Yeah. If it's something where it's your only thing, you know, it's all you got and you're going to work there, every you know, for the first year, you're going to work there every goddamn day and uh, not sleep, you know. For me, it was like it was funny because my sister had when I opened the mongoose. My sister had just had her second kid. Alice came along, and I we discovered that having a do business and having a new child are very similar. You never yeah. sleep. You are constantly doing something for every second of the day, and uh, and you, uh, you you lose your shit really easily because you're sleep deprived and half insane. Yeah. Uh, so we actually would would call each other and be like. Hey, remind me, you know, that I'm strong and it's going to be okay. Basically, you're, we just, actually we said, Hey, remind me not to be a pussy. Oh. <laughs> don't be a pussy. Oh. <laughs> this is our version of. <laughs> okay.
0: I don't think we're saying that uh, in yeah, this new I know, milieu.
2: I, I hold, uh, I hold the female reproductive organ in very high regard. Of course. I don't mean to.
0: Uh, Of course. Nobody's trying to disparage anything.
2: Could being a dick. Yeah. Sorry, I'm such a dick. Um Hold those in the high regard too. <laughs> I feel
0: like this I feel I've got I'm gonna move this to the next time. Cause, okay, cause, I'm because oh, this is a whole look
2: forward, guys, next next time for a conversation about uh, James Bond singles. I'm excited. James Bond
0: it. movies movie
2: singles, right? Jay, Jay, yeah, those are, ooh. I'm excited <laughs> about that one. I, I have, mean, Maybe
0: we have time to talk about no, it right I a, now.
2: I have a vinyl record.
0: Of, maybe I have time to talk to you about it right now, but there's still two items on the list.
2: Yeah, mine is so actually I, kind of a long one, so maybe let's bounce that one and do your James Bond one. We'll do the Matthew. Have you ever Matthew, have you Is long? Yeah. Okay. I, it was really. It's really exciting, though. Um,
0: okay. Well.
2: He, Uh, Well, I feel
0: like this could get a little long too, but that's fine.
2: Matthew, my Matthew, have you ever wondered was about the line? uh, Oh, it's up there, Maurice. The line. uh, Some people call me Maurice because I speak of the pompous of love from the Joker. Uh huh. And that opened up a can of worms because I thought it meant one thing, so I started researching that. And I so I learned a bunch of things about what I thought it was about. Then I found out it wasn't about that at all. And uh, so then I then I had to pivot. So I ended up learning about two different things.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad that I mentioned this because th- this this does go back to something that um, maybe let's slow this down a little bit. This does go back to um, I was talking about sixty minutes. Yeah. And Peter Jackson. Uh huh. And um, by the way, have you ever seen Peter Jackson or seen him in his environment? Uh, like he is such a slob. Like he's he was a mess. He looks like a complete mess. I know
2: he's a very tall, very large man.
0: He he was just like sitting on a couch with his shoes off, and he's just like his hair is such a mess. I I, I love that. Like when an artist is just a complete, <laughs> um, a complete mess. Um, he might be having COVID problems too. Maybe so. Uh, but then, so we were watching sixty minutes, and that's on c b s and then there was a special on after that which was Adele. Adele was doing a concert at the Griffith Observatory in LA. Oh cool. Like a special like thing and then it was interspersed with her talking to Oprah. So it was wow. like she was doing she was doing this thing live and then they would do a A commercial break, and then they would come back, and it was just her talking to Oprah about something, and they would go back to the show. And of course, like everybody sitting there was famous, Mm -hmm. you know, there was it wasn't like you could just get tickets to this Adele performance, but uh, she opened up with one of, uh, uh, hello. Hello, yeah. can you hear me? I'm in my garage podcasting with my old homie Shafi. And then she then she did a maybe a track from it's the single from the new album, which is great. Uh, what's it called? Um, Wish You or something. It's very, very, very it's, it's the new single is great. She got a new album, right? 30. And but then the third track she did was Skyfall. Yeah, love that from film. the James Bond. <laughs> yeah. The James Bond movie single, right? Yeah. And so that got me thinking. Is it is an artist okay, okay, okay. I like it, okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on. Um, let me just say this right. Like, I don't wanna I don't wanna diss anybody here on the podcast besides uh, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> um Is it an honor to get a James Bond movie single? Or are you, as an artist, lowering yourself to a level by being on the James Bond soundtrack? And so so let's just – so let's go to the data because that's what the kids do these days. They go straight to the big data. I mean, and, I, I know what my
2: opinion is, but I'm a James Bond fan, and I understand not being a James Bond fan in this day and age. Sure, sure. So, oh, oh, listen. oh by
0: the way, the, so the new, have you? I haven't even heard this one.
2: The new. The Billie Eilish one? Oh, it's good. The Billie awesome. Eilish one. It, it is? really good. Okay.
0: So, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas have uh, the song, from No <laughs> Time to Die. I haven't I heard know it.
2: Chris Cornell did the uh, Casino Royale mm-hmm. one. That's yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah. That's a good song. You Know My Name. Yeah, so let, Let's go back in time. Let's go back chronologically. Well, I'll tell you,
2: you know what my favorite one? My favorite one is from Octopusy, and it's Rita Coolidge, All-Time High. All I wanted was a sweet distraction for an hour or two. Why is that, why is that not on this list? Where is Octopusy? We move as one.
1: We're an all-time high.
0: Oh, there I it is! All time high. <laughs> okay.
1: Doing so much more. Okay. Than being in love.
2: Love that one. Well, I, I, always,
0: never... I always think about Duran Duran's. I'm he not a big Chua Duran kill. Duran guy. Oh,
2: you're not. Oh, Aha did Living Daylights. I didn't. I that. I did anything.
0: not know that either.
2: That's cool. Uh, the Tina Turner, that Golden Eye Tina Turner. So I remember loving that one. Okay, that's Man.
0: that was written by the Bono and the Edge. Apparently. That. And then Gladys Knight did one. License to kill. Yeah, that's cool. Um Garbage? The World Is Not Enough? Do you remember that? No. I don't remember. I don't even remember. I that remember
2: song. Cheryl Crow's Tomorrow Never Dies. That was good.
0: Okay. Now Madonna's Die another day, I think I die another uh, that, day. Honestly, That's a good song. Uh,
2: that was not my favorite. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, especially I love Madonna. Like, compared to Madonna, you know, Madonna has such amazing songs. I well,
0: Adele's Skyfall is
2: excellent. It's awesome, yeah.
0: I didn't realize this was not a good movie. The la- the the pre- the one before Skyfall, Quantum of Solace. I
2: saw it, but I can't remember it was not, it, was it, not, it was not it I remember Skyfall being really good though.
0: Skyfall was good.
2: Spectre Spectre Casino was the last really one. Home.
0: That was Sam Smith.
2: I haven't seen No Time to Die, but Manish highly recommends it.
0: What about For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton?
2: I remember that song, I, and I remember liking it. Nobody but, Does It Better by Carly Simon. But obviously, awesome there's, song. obviously,
0: there's a hands-down
2: winner here, right? You think Live and Let Die is that I one? think
0: Paul McCartney and Wings, Live and Let Die.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, that's a huge song, right?
2: Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. Did you only live twice? That's cool. Tom Jones Thunderball is a good one. Let's go all the way up. What's the first one?
0: The first one the Dr. first one was just uh, John Barry and Orchestra Monty James. Norman, the James Bond theme.
2: Yeah, I have a I have a vinyl record that's a collection of themes, but then I also have another vinyl record that's called Music to Read James Bond to, and it's like the it's the orchestral themes. Okay, yeah. The the soundtracks,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I I, I just wanted to get your, your I definitely like. His. I think if
2: you look at this list and look at some of these, there's songs, some really good songs here. Nobody's nobody's taking a step down doing okay. this. You know, okay. You might it's, be putting it's, it's an honor. What you are doing is put yourself in in high company, and you could be like, do you really want to record a song that's going to be re- compared to all of these other songs? You got to be confident to do that. So, hats off to all of them for. Throwing, oh. throwing their hats in the ring. I'm looking at these artists and garbage just, is doesn't really belong two in there. Two hat metaphors jammed into the same sentence. That was weird. What
0: are you, some kind of haberdashery <laughs> crammer?
2: I'm, Hab- I'm I'm crammer? A habber
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the list here of artists garbage really. <laughs> that that was they're stepping up for that, right? Billy Eilish, Sam Smith, Adele, Jack White, and Alicia Keys, Chris Cornell, Madonna, Garbage, Showboat, Tina Turner, Last Night.
2: Aha uh-huh is a little suspect because, like, I mean, take on me it was one of the great songs. I mean, of they're the kind 80s. of, a,
0: but they're kind of a one-hit wonder in a way, right? Who is Rita Coolidge? Is she? Is she, she was married from, to uh, Chris Christopherson. Okay, an American recording artist. She's pop country adult contemporary and jazz.
2: Your love keeps lifting me higher and higher. You know that song.
0: You're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's remember that we're doing a podcast here. And I think that we could okay. we could probably take it to that time where this is the this is the thing that every, most people listen to the podcast for, right? Is the poetry.
2: You know
0: it. Like a lot of times when you go, oh, what's what's that podcast about? People rarely say poetry. Are there poetry podcasts? Are we the only poetry podcast? Is this a poetry podcast? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
0: Notice poetry is not part of the elevator pitch. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah. <laughs> Uh what was that thing you were what was the thing you were we, didn't, we didn't discuss Carly Ray Jepsen's conservatorship
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was a joke I thought of I'm, way over I'm earlier. so
0: sorry that um there was that misunderstanding
2: <laughs> uh, there was an I saw another and I I kinda thought this had already happened, but they officially like dissolved the Britney's conservatorship. Yeah. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, I think everybody should be free. Even Brittany.
2: How about... Even
0: though she's a slave for you. That takes Tina! Oh, sorry. Sorry. Wait, is that right?
2: Oh, It's a long one. Sorry, I'm trying to find a, a Wallace Stevens poem. But no, not, that is Brittany lay It's not four yeah, days long. I bet. You know, seven stanzas long.
0: I feel like we've got seven stanzas in us.
2: I could. You think we do? I
0: could crack another brewski and we'll just... Let's do some... I'm, I'm wondering uh, how the wind... We've had a lot of really nice, calm nights to podcast on. And it's a little blustery this evening. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to affect the tone of this cast. The
2: blustery wind, the November night, I think that that's actually what put me in the mood for Wallace Stevens. And here you go. I found one that's a reasonable length.
1: Okay.
2: It's called Disillusionment of Ten O'Clock by Wallace Stevens. The houses are haunted by white nightgowns. None are green or purple with green rings or green with yellow rings or yellow with blue rings. None of them are strange, with socks with lace, and beaded cinchers. People are not going to dream of baboons and periwinkles. Only, here and there, an old sailor, drunk and asleep in his boots, catches tigers in red weather. Wow. I love Wallace Stevens. He is so weird, and... Uh... You know, a lot of his poems, like, I don't quite get them until I've, you know, read some criticism by someone much smarter than me, but they always speak to me, even though I, you know, even though I'm, I'm like, I don't understand all of this, but that's okay. I think that's how people feel about this
0: podcast. (laughs) I know, I know one thing about how people feel about this podcast they feel that they should write us um, some more reviews on Apple Podcasts, and they should definitely get at us because we feel like we're pretty much alone up here. And that's fine. I'm, I'm uh, resigned to this just being a historical document. When we first started, I wanted to entertain people, but now I realize that doesn't matter. I mean, we still want to entertain people, but nobody's listening. <laughs> um, but if you're listening, get at us. Feedback at OneMagicalHour.com. And I know that everybody feels like that um, they know that when they make poor choices,
2: the wine gets sweeter.
0: True.